Welcome to the Star Coach Show, episode 213 with Dr. Gail Gazelle. A lot of what I'm doing as a physician coach is helping people identify and see their strengths, identify that they have strengths, identify the fact that they're using those strengths, helping them see how much they're actually accomplishing, sort of moving out of a tunnel vision that I'm not doing well and nothing is going well, moving into, oh, look at all I did accomplish, even if I couldn't do X, Y, and Z, even if I couldn't cure that illness, or even though we don't have an answer to COVID, look at how much I'm giving to each and every individual patient and look at my own strengths. That moves people, and I know you've seen this, Meg, it moves people from that kind of downward spiral of I'm not doing well and nothing is going well, not just to neutral, but it moves them to those upward positive spirals that we understand from positive psychology research are the the engine that drives well-being. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I am delighted that you are here with us. And I just want to welcome all of you into the final month of 2020 as well. 2020 has certainly been challenging and has given us opportunities to rethink things, to have to be creative, to increase our empathy and our willingness to reach out to humankind and determine how do we want to show up in that, and in many ways, build our resilience. And that is exactly one of the specialties that our guest today focuses on in her book about resilience. So I'm going to talk to you about Dr. Gail Gazelle in just a moment. But before we get there, I did want to reach out once again, and just explore if there's any of you listening who are in the place of being a relatively new coach, or maybe you've been a coach for a while, but you just haven't had the opportunity to build those coaching muscles, to be able to be focused in on the skill of coaching, either to get to a place of taking the oral exam to get credentialed as a coach, or as I said, maybe you've been coaching for a while, but you haven't had the opportunity to actually coach even though you've been a coach. I've had some people reach out to me who want to do some group focus around practice and building their muscle, building their confidence as a coach, or just, you know, having that opportunity to get in there and coach and get direct feedback. So if that's something that interests you, shoot me an email at meg at a focus on results.com. I'm just getting a feel about whether that is something that interests this community. It's certainly something that I am looking at how I might be able to bring that forward for those of you who want to be in a coaching community to do that. So that would be super helpful if you would just let me know if that's of interest to you. 
And now let's talk about what we are going to focus on in today's show. My guest is Dr. Gail Gazelle. She is an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. She is a certified mindfulness teacher and a survivor of childhood abuse. Dr. Gazelle knows resilience inside and out and would love to help all of you learn how to build yours. Now, what we're going to do in today's show is focus on coaching physicians, because that's what Dr. Gazelle does. And before you think, oh my gosh, I don't coach physicians, so I'm not going to get anything out of this episode. Oh no, let me assure you that that is not the case. What we talk about today is coaching people who are in high pressure situations, who might experience burnout, who might need continuous uh, leadership development, who have to deal with conflict. And so while yes, the focus might be on physicians, and that might be something that really interests some of you who want to work in that field, I've got to say that what Gail and I talk about today is going to be helpful If you coach somebody who is stressed, and I got to tell you, if you don't have any clients who are stressed, well, then bless you and um, bless your clients. But overall, I would say that most of us have some experience in having to coach people who are in overwhelm or stress. And that is exactly what our focus is going to be today. Dr. Gazelle is one of the leading physician coaches in the country, and she has coached over 500 physicians. She's been featured on media outlets such as Bloomberg Business Week, Medical Economics, the Physician Leadership Journal, the New England Journal of Medicine. She's been on CNN, ABC, and her new book, Everyday Resilience is really good, and we're going to be talking about that as well. So this show is packed full of information. I can't wait to introduce you to Dr. Gail Gazelle. Let's go to my interview now. Gail, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am so delighted that you're joining us today. Oh, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. You do such important work that it makes sense to put it in front of the audience and share your expertise because we can all glean. Whoever our audience is that we work with, even though you work specifically with physicians or that's what we're going to be focusing on, the kind of work that you do and the just the resilience work and the imposter syndrome work. I mean, there's such good stuff that you do. So why don't we start with just understanding what's brought Dr. Gail Gazelle, to where you are today. What led you to do the coaching work that you do? Yeah. So I am a physician myself, and for most of my career, I was a hospice physician. So I worked with patients and their families at the end of life. And it such was tremendous work. Hmm, it was such sacred work, Meg. Mm-hmm. I, I felt called to work in end-of-life care, and I felt equally privileged to do that work. Yeah. And yet, as I moved along in my career, I began to experience some career burnout, mainly around the lack of balance between kind of career and family. 
I have a son. He's now 23, uh, but I had... I, I, I also had have a 23-year-old. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's wonderful. We're on the same journey. Yeah, so I had a child on my own and the stresses of balancing that, the guilt that I would feel when I was at work, that I wasn't with my son when I was with my son, that I wasn't reading journal articles and seeing patients, it really began to wear me down. And I stumbled into coaching. I got coached myself and it was just amazing. I'd been in therapy for complicated family of origin issues. Therapy had been enormously helpful, but there were some things that just I couldn't move forward on. And I got coached and it was almost like leapfrogging forward. It was just amazing how rapidly change occurred. And I found ways to kind of lessen the hold of the guilt. I still had to balance career and family like all of us do. But I just gained this ability to work with my own mind and, frankly, to find ways to thrive, no matter what I was experiencing. And I just thought to myself, wow, if I can offer this to physician colleagues across North America, in fact, across the globe, wouldn't that be wonderful? Because it was really at that same time that we were understanding how common burnout was in physicians. So that's the short version of how I got from there to here to really um, being thrilled to coach physicians. And I hear that so often that once being coached, people realize just how powerful it is and get energized. I know after 20 plus years as a therapist, I was experiencing that burnout. And when I got introduced to coaching, it was like just the wealth filled back up again, the, the exuberance that I felt for doing this kind of work was close to what I'd felt as a, as a young therapist first starting. But you know, it, I, I was definitely experiencing that burnout. And that's something that physicians definitely do. So when you coach physicians, what are some of the things that bring physicians into wanting to partner with a coach? That's a great question. Um, so one is where what we're talking about right now, burnout. We do not learn how to be resilient to all the stresses of a career, frankly, a marathon career in medicine. So burnout is, is a real problem. And before we had the pandemic of COVID, we had an epidemic in North America of physician burnout. So that's one big area that physicians seek out coaching because they're beginning to hear this can really help us. This can help us build resilience to all the stresses of our work. I would say the second largest domain is leadership development. So often physicians move into leadership roles because of clinical excellence, because they're good with patients or academic excellence. They're good at publishing and doing research, but not because they know how to manage people. And we know that that's what leadership is all about. It's about right. managing conflict. It's about communication skills. It's about teamwork. So physicians often get into these leadership roles, but they find themselves very lost once they get there. And I think the third area really has to do with conflict management and not just conflict at work, mm -hmm. um, but, but I would say conflict in their home lives as well. And I think this is really magnified now during the pandemic when people are at home with their families and conflicts arise. People aren't getting along or they're spending too much time together. And so we know how much coaching can help with that. And Mindfulness coaching in particular can help people learn how to be more present with their loved ones and put aside all of the kind of vortex of negativity that we can all be pulled into. So good. And you talk about 
those three elements. And I wonder, what do you think has, has happened? What shift maybe has occurred that has made it okay, more okay for people to reach out and say, gosh, I acknowledge that maybe I'm feeling burnt out, or I acknowledge that even though I might be, because the thing about doctors is that often they're at the top of their classes through school, and then they get in medical school, and obviously there's more competition there, but they're still sort of the creme de la creme. So when they are in a place of saying, maybe this is, maybe I'm not that great at leadership, even though I'm great at other things, or maybe I'm having conflict with my family. I just wonder if there's, if there's been any pattern that you've seen about physicians having to maybe give themselves permission to not be the best of, at everything. Does that make sense? It's so interesting because physicians love to learn. And they spend all of these years in training, getting to this expert level that you're talking about. But we don't, we don't spend time moving that lens of learning to ourselves. And so I find that physicians come to me for a variety of reasons. And they're hesitant at first, as you say, to kind of expose their vulnerability and the, the fact that they may at times even feel like an imposter or have other negative thought patterns that trip them up. But they love to learn. And once they see that they're not being judged, that they're actually able to be present in a safe place where somebody isn't going to shoot them down for being less than perfect or different than perfect, Mm -hmm. they really warm up to it. The other thing that I think is very important is physicians are concerned about the stigma of seeking help. We worry about malpractice. We worry about what if people find out, what if my board finds out that I've been to a therapist, for example. Mm -hmm. And so the wonderful thing about coaching is it doesn't have that same stigma that mental health modalities can have. They shouldn't have, but they often do have in the physician's mind. So people are a little more open to going into coaching and getting their needs met. And when you work with physicians, what are some of the paths that you walk with them? You've talked about these three buckets, and I'm sure there's other things as well. But what are some of the common themes or or the way that you engage with your physician clients? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you'd be surprised how many physicians actually have a negative view of themselves. We think about physicians as being kind of on the pedestal, very accomplished, as you said, successful in so many ways. And yet it's somewhat surprising how many physicians don't see themselves. So they come with the same same gremlins, the same saboteurs that the rest of the population has. And they can have such an erosive effect on their well-being. So that combined with burnout, where we can't see our own strengths, we can't see the good that we're doing, we disconnect from our sense of meaning and purpose. It's a really painful storm that physicians find themselves in. So a lot of what I'm doing as a physician coach is helping people identify and see their strengths, identify that they have strengths, identify the fact that they're using those strengths, helping them see how much they're actually accomplishing sort of moving out of a tunnel vision that I'm not doing well and nothing is going well, moving into, oh, look at all I did accomplish. Even if I couldn't do X, Y, and Z, even if I couldn't cure that illness, or even though we don't have an answer to COVID, look at how much I'm giving to each and every individual patient and look at my own strengths. 
that moves people. And I know you've seen this, Meg. It moves people from that kind of downward spiral of I'm not doing well and nothing is going well, not just to neutral, but it moves them to those upward positive spirals that we understand from positive psychology research are the the engine that drives well-being. And once you can move a physician from that downward spiral into the upward, into a sense of efficacy, it just keeps going up and up and up. And it's, it's really magnificent. You know, as a coach and all of your audience understands, it's just, it's beautiful to help a fellow human being, in this case, a, a physician colleague, to move them into that upward place. It's sometimes a, a jumpstart. Mm-hmm. It's a jumpstart to actually being able to see the positive and move forward toward whatever their individual goals are. Wow. Now, I'm curious, when you work with your clients around strengths, is there a particular tool that you use or is it a discussion that you have? Mm-hmm. Often the audience is wondering, oh, well, how does Dr. Gazelle work with her clients to, to identify those strengths? Right. I love the University of Pennsylvania Values in Action survey, the free survey. It's at their website, AuthenticHappiness.org, that identifies what your top strengths are. I was just working with a physician the other day whose top strengths were curiosity and interest in the world. And the other strength was relationships and connection. And this physician was really struggling with managing her team. She felt like people weren't listening. People weren't Mm -hmm. following her mandates, you know, not a common, not an uncommon scenario for a leader. And she was really stuck. And so I, I challenged her. I said, you know, if the only thing in your toolbox was these two strengths, your curiosity and your ability to connect and form wonderful relationships, client, how would you use those? And she puzzled for a little bit because she was really in a down place. She was very stuck. She was very frustrated. It's all them, you know, that kind of them thinking, uh, blaming. But all of a sudden, she engaged and she thought to herself, well, I guess I could get a little more curious about why they're not following. Maybe I'm not actually presenting the information in the best light, or maybe I'm leading them astray. And how can I lean into my relationships with the people that I work with? Because, you know, I do have some good relationships. Yeah, I wonder if I met one-on-one with this person and with that person and really told them how much I value the relationship with them. I wonder if they'd actually listen more. So strengths is, a, I think, a powerful oh, that, tool And that example, thank you for bringing that forward. What a powerful example of meeting somebody where they're at and then challenging them to stretch into their goals. Just beautiful. And giving her the space to really think about it and make that connection herself. Well, you know, as a coach, it's not about me telling somebody, so client, you should use your strength of X to do Y. That doesn't go anywhere for any right. of us. It's, it's helping to create those aha moments in our client that really get them to move forward. So you have this new book, congratulations on your book, Everyday Resilience, great book, and so much of what you're talking about right now, I think, ooh, that's, you know, where she's talking about the importance of positivity and optimism with resilience or that connection with others. So how much of your resilience work do you end up using with these physicians that you're coaching? Hmm. Well, we all need to build our resilience, don't we? 
And what I talk about in the book is that we all have resilience within us. It's not just the stuff of soldiers and elite athletes and, and, and others. We all have it within us, but we don't learn that it's there. And we don't learn to access this inner well of strength and wisdom and goodness and courage that we all have within us. So it's wonderful work to help people kind of uncover their own resilience. And it's, it's very aligned with the coaching approach, the belief that our clients, everyone, in fact, is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. Whatever their goal is, our goal is, in addition, is to help them be the best possible version of themselves that they can be. And resilience is a big part of that, isn't it? Helping people bounce back from the adversities, the struggles that inevitably come in their path, and helping them learn from that, helping them grow from them, helping them see that they've gotten through life's challenges in the past. And how did they do that? What resources did they draw upon? What strengths did they utilize? And how can we harness that for the difficulty that they're facing today? That's what we do as coaches. So I think building resilience is fundamental to our toolbox Mm -hmm. as a coach. And writing the book was really just a way to channel so much of what I've learned, both as a hospice physician, as a parent, on my own journey of resilience and kind of moving forward, frankly, from my own childhood that involves significant abuse and helping those around me to do the same. So when we think about strengths and resilience, what else do we want to think about when we're talking about specifically the, the niche of coaching physicians? What else is important to bring forward for us to think about in that realm? Hmm. I think it's important to understand the impact that medical training has on physicians. We, We spend a minimum of seven years and some physicians, quite a few more than that in terms of, you know, the, the very specialized fields. And we don't learn anything about how to work with the instrument that we utilize 24 seven, our mind. We learn all the facts about this diagnosis and that diagnosis and the pathophysiology of this disease and the pharmacology and the genetics and all of that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we do not learn how to manage our own mind. So what does that mean in a practical way? Well, we're very cognitively based. It's joked sometimes that physicians learn to live from the neck up, even though they're caring for bodies from the neck down. And so one thing that we need to do as coaches is help physicians work with their own thoughts, realize that many of their thoughts are incredibly helpful, but many of their thoughts are actually not. And some of those thoughts have to do with self-defeating inner messages. That's a core part of what we do as coaches. And it's absolutely imperative that we do that with physicians. What I've seen for some non-physicians who coach physicians, which is wonderful, is that they may have the physician up on a pedestal. Ah. They may not realize how that physician is simply a human being, has the same kind of self-critical imposter views, gargoyles, you know, Mm -hmm. saboteurs that we all have. And we have to engage with that. We have to help the physician really learn how to work with what are often very self-defeating ways of viewing themselves and their circumstances. So that's the top thing that comes to mind. And we also have to help physicians build the muscle of self-compassion. Training is all about perfectionism. Physicians learn that if they don't know the answer and if they're not perfect, they're actually a failure. 
And that's, um, that's talk a about tall- black and white thinking, huh? Exactly. But, it, but it's sort of the way the system is set up. That it is. It's an all or nothing kind of system. Exactly. So physicians are left in a very vulnerable place with this very high expectation that they hold for themselves. And we know perfectionism is not attainable. It's not, and by definition, right. it's not an attainable goal. And yet, if you're holding out for that, you will always feel sadly like you are a failure. So we have to help physicians get to know these own, their own patterns of mind. I joke with my physician clients that what we're doing in coaching, in some ways, it's like making a diagnosis. We're trying to diagnose our own mental patterns, the mental pattern, in other words, in our client, so that they can see it and they can work with it. They can realize that they actually have some options. Until we see our patterns, how could we possibly work with them? Similarly, until we make a diagnosis, how could we possibly treat whatever the condition is that a patient has? So physicians can really relate to that, and it ups their enthusiasm for uncovering their own mental patterns and exposing them to the light of day where they all of a sudden see, oh my goodness, look at the choices I have. Look at the options that I have for how I work with my people, how I relate to my children, how I berate myself about um, whether I'm measuring up or not. And it's, it's really that process of freeing people from some of the places of being stuck and not seeing options that lead people to come into coaching. So good. So in your book, you talk about exercises like journaling and mindfulness exercises and spending time kind of getting to know what's going on inside of our brain. What kinds of exercises or actions might physicians take in, and I know everybody's individual and I'm not putting everybody in a bucket, but uh, what kinds of exercises do you find to be helpful in your work? Well, let me share two. We do not learn as physicians how to manage our own emotional life. We barely learn how to work with the emotional lives of our patients, but we just don't get that help working with our own emotions. And there's so many emotions in the course of a physician's day, sadness, you know, seeing a patient suffering and perhaps not having a cure to offer. Um, we, we feel uncertainty. We feel doubt. We may feel anger at a system that no longer really meets the needs of patients, but is about the bottom line and mm-hmm. getting the documentation done so your company or corporation can bill for the visits. There's all kinds of emotions there. So there are exercises that we can do to build emotional intelligence, to build that ability to see what our emotional temperature is and actually regulate it. So that's one thing that is absolutely critical, building emotional intelligence. And physicians are hungry for that. They struggle not being able to manage their own emotions. So that's the first. So the second that is critically important is building the ability to be more compassionate with oneself. As I mentioned, so many physicians walk around actually feeling like they're an imposter. So I was working with a client earlier today who was telling me about her imposter beliefs. Uh, She was saying, you know, I'm just not as smart as the other doctors in my group. They're much better at making a difficult diagnosis. They're actually more compassionate with patients than I am, and they're more efficient at their charts. What is wrong with me? So this kind of self-beating oneself up that we see in all clients as coaches, and I really see it as being very pronounced in the physicians that I work with. So 
how do we then help that client move to a more compassionate view, more self-acceptance? You know, it's normal to have doubts. It's normal to compare yourself. But how is it serving you, client, to be beating yourself up? like this. What would you gain, client, if you were more compassionate with yourself? We're always trying to motivate our clients by helping them see what's in it for them. What mm-hmm. are they going to gain by making that change? So it's a very powerful question. What would your life be like if you mastered more compassion towards yourself? Because then the client begins to dream big and begins to step out of whatever constraint they're in and imagine living in a completely different way. And that can unlock that power of being more compassionate with themselves so that they can grow and change and continue their upward trajectory. Oh, that's all so powerful. What else do we want to be sure that we cover as we look at that very specialized niche of working with healthcare providers who have so much pressure on themselves? And I would think that having the ability to partner with somebody who is completely non-judgmental, who gives that space of let me completely focus on you and focus on where you want to get. And let me, you know, ask you the questions and, and hold that space for you so that we can get there together. That must just be so powerful for somebody who is giving to others all the time. Yes. Yeah, we can spend so much time being compassionate to others and excluding ourselves from that same compassion. And I think that only contributes to burnout. So the other, yeah, the other area that I think is very important is mindfulness. It's a gift to help clients pause, take their emotional temperature and take some breaths into whatever that emotional temperature is and calm down the amygdala and the limbic system with some deep breaths that can bring more calm and then more clarity into what the next step is. Mindfulness so that we can work with our own thoughts and assumptions and beliefs about the world and realize that's all they are. They're not fact. (laughs) They're actually just wisps of mental events that come through our minds, just like the clouds come through the sky. And how can we work with them with more agility? So I find for myself as a mindfulness coach, as someone who's really studied and practiced mindfulness and gotten training in teaching mindfulness, it's, it's really an invaluable skill to bring to the physician population. And do you practice mindfulness actually in the session? Or is that something that you would encourage the physician to do? I mean, they would obviously want to do it not just in session, but is that something that you might actually show them or or teach them in session? Most definitely. It's not just something out there, go meditate and you'll be fine. And most physicians live in a negative time zone. They don't have time to go meditate and it's scary to them. Their minds are such busy places. I've had so many physicians say to me, you know, I'm just a failure at meditation. My mind is too busy. So yes, in the session, much of what we're doing as coaches is helping people be with what's here. Mm -hmm. So the powerful questions are, what's here right now, client? What's going on in your body? What, what, what's calling for your attention? Simple questions that have to do with awareness. After all, that's what mindfulness is. It's really the power of awareness, of paying attention to what's going on in the present moment and doing so with much less judgment. 
that we all tend to bring. So we're asking the client, what's here? What's important? We're helping the client build some of that common. So client, I can really hear how disturbing this is to you. Before we really move on with the coaching, let's just pause here. Can you stop and take five slow, deep breaths? Can you engage your parasympathetic nervous system to just bring some calm so that we then can turn our attention to the coaching issue at hand? So those are ways to bring mindfulness alive in the session. It's not some sort of woo-woo thing out there that you have to go make time for that you don't have. This is real. It's in the moment. And that's really what mindfulness is all about. So good. So important. We are approaching the end of our time, which blows me away because I feel like we just started. I'm wondering if there's anything that we've left on the table that really needs to be looked at and brought forward to our audience. Let me just say this. I provide mentor coaching to coaches who want to move into the physician coaching space. And It's really exciting for me to share my skill set as a physician myself, as someone who's had the pleasure of coaching well over 500 physicians one-on-one, to help other coaches broaden their skills, not to teach them, well, this is the way the physician thinks, but to coach them, to coach them so that they can become the best physician coach that they can possibly be. So I just want to encourage your listeners, I provide the same sample sessions to coaches who are looking to broaden their skills so they can get a taste of my mentor coaching. And I want to encourage people, go to my website. You can sign up for a free session at gailgazelle.com. So I'm happy to, to bring that skill set to your audience. That's fabulous. And you, you brought up such a good point. As somebody who has a sibling who is a physician, that makes you know physicians very... I realize that they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us do. But, <laughs> but you brought up something very important that if we're going to work with this population, we need to be sure that we're not also subconsciously putting an expectation, their expertise or, or the, the lens that we're looking at the client in such a way that they can't be in the session, that they can't fully arrive as who they are and take the space that they need to take as a client. Because whoever we work with, and and I see the same thing sometimes with people who want to work with C-suite people, you know, CEOs and COOs and CFOs that, oh, they're they're at that level. It's like you've got to you've got to be able to level set whatever the population is that you're working with. That's just so important. So I love the offer. And if, if working with physicians is something that interests you and you want to explore that with Gail, I will definitely have her links in the show notes. Wonderful. Gail, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk about coaching physicians with us and all the important work that you do. Thank you, Meg. This has really been a pleasure. I hope we can continue the dialogue. Definitely. I just can't say it enough. I am so grateful to the guests that come on the show and bring their expertise so that each of you can apply new learnings to how you are wanting to engage with your clients potentially help them overcome challenges and 
in this situation, build their resilience. So thanks again to Dr. Gail Gazelle. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Gazelle, learn about her book, go to starcoachshow.com slash 213. That will take you to episode 213 show notes where all of her information will be easily available to you. That's starcoachshow.com forward slash 213. Now, I want to invite you back for our show next week when I am visiting with Caroline Miller. Caroline was a guest in a previous episode about grit, but she has written Creating Your Best Life, The Ultimate Life List Guide. It was one of her first books. It has, it is being reissued because it is such a popular book. And we are going to talk about how do you create your best life by appropriately focusing on the things in goal setting that research supports versus, you know, just that somebody thought up one day. So Carolyn Miller is really awesome and shares so much in the interview. Be sure to come back next week for that. If you are enjoying the show, let people know about it, please. Let's let's share the love of Star Coach Show with others wherever you listen. If you would leave a rate and review, more people will find the show. I want to remind you that if, in fact, you think that being in a process of practicing coaching and being in a small group and get some direct feedback on your coaching, if that would help you just shoot me an email at meg at a focus on results.com. And maybe in that email, let me know what is it that would be most helpful for you at this stage of your coaching. So whether that is a helpful thing for you, or just in general, you're thinking, you know what, I don't need that. But this is what would really be helpful for me. Either way, I would love an email from you to just let me know what is it that you are currently experiencing in your coaching that if it got out of the way, you would be so much more confident, more successful, whatever it is that you're looking for. So I'll see you next week. And until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.